Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. As we are in a series, we're now week three into a series called Come Holy Spirit. As, uh, as we say, God, we want to encounter you by your Spirit. And uh, we're going to start getting practical. The next few weeks, we're actually going to be practical, looking at the gifts of the Spirit and looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to be looking at the gifts today. And my prayer is, is that as you, as you hear, as we journey together and look at what the Spirit does in and through us as a community, you'll actually expand. Your heart will grow and expand, and, and there'll be an understanding of actually what God has gifted you in, what he's called you in, and what he's uh, doing in your life, and the way in which you can play your part uh, in the body, in this community, in the church, because every one of us has gifts. I'm just turn to the person to the left or right to say, you are gifted. Yeah, just to encourage people, right? You are gifted. <laughs> That could mean a whole bunch of things. Don't say it ironically, please. <laughs> you might want to say that ironically. Hey, uh, we, we, uh, we, we like, who likes receiving gifts? Who, anyone, anyone here just like receiving gifts? Anyone not like receiving gifts? Don't lie. It's, we, all, we all like it being surprised. It, now, it do, now, it does depend uh, who we get it from. I think that doesn't like that. There's a bit of that, but you know, for us, for me, the joy is the context of who's giving the gift. I love Christmas. I, I love um, when we go to my, my my parents' place and my brothers and sisters are there and all my nieces and nephews and and uh, just the joy of giving and receiving gifts. There's there's something there's a joy about receiving and giving gifts, isn't there? There's a life uh, about. Uh, uh, just the context of gift giving. And, and there's always this narrative, you know, people give gifts for a reason. Uh, if I think about what happens, the, the narrative that happens most years around Christmas is my mum will, will give gifts. And I know when I open a gift and there's the joy and oh, it's from mum, there'll always be, oh, mum, thank you so much for the gift. And this is mum's always response. Oh, I hope, I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it fits. I, I've kept the receipt just in case you need to take it back. Anyone, anyone like that or anyone receive gifts? From, oh, I've kept the receipt just in case you don't like it. Uh, some people just, they need to say that. My mum is like that. Oh, if you don't like it, I've kept the receipt. Thanks, mum. Then my dad. Thanks, dad, because I always know when dad, dad gives a gift, it's something practical. You know, it's either a toolkit or something to, do, you know, to clean the car or fix the car. And if it's not a gift, a practical gift, it's a Bunnings voucher. It's something that I can use practically. You know, Megan, Megan's also practical in, in a different way. When she gives gifts at Christmas, it's socks and jocks, you know, from Megan. But when, when I, you know, Christmas for Megan, it's, it's always, you know, sparkling jewellery uh, or something expensive, isn't it, sweetheart? She's still waiting, she says, <laughs> which is more closer to the truth. You know, you know who, it, who it comes from matters. It matters who it comes from. There's a, there's a joy because you know that it's not a gift given in isolation. It actually comes from a person. And it's given 
in love. It's given in celebration. And there's something about the engagement when you receive the gift. There's a conversation that takes place. There's a celebration. There's joy. And the other thing about receiving gifts is when you receive it, it's, it's, it's given with a purpose. It's given with intent. It's given with thought. It's given with love. There's great joy in receiving gifts because you know that it's been received from the place of love. And God is like that with us. You know, God gives us gifts because God is a God who loves us. He loves you. He loves me and he gives gifts because he loves us. In Matthew chapter 7, this great message uh, that, that Matthew records, which is the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, at the end, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, uh, Jesus says, ask, ask for gifts. And we read this, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is love. God wants to give you gifts, and those gifts are good because he loves you. And this morning, I want us to know that there is a good God who gives us good gifts because he loves you, he loves his church. And when we embrace those gifts, we bless others and we glorify him. And we're going to look at a passage today from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, one of the well-known passages. We're going to look at a few of these passages today that list all the gifts that God gives us as his people to bless others. And so uh, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles, uh, open it up. If you've got it on your phone, open it up there. The words are going to be on the screen behind me as well. And let's read about these good gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, to each, of one, each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between gifts, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still other another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines." Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Now, a quick background. Corinth is a church that is enamored with miraculous power, supernatural power, like much of the ancient world, the miraculous. 
and particularly in Corinth, in this context of spiritual worship, lots of supernatural things going on, the whole idea of spiritual gifts or spiritual powers is something that's very attractive. In fact, it was something that was esteemed. It was, a, it was something, uh, if you had the you know, supernatural gifts, it was a measure of prestige and status. People pursued supernatural power. And this had made its way into the church. This supernatural uh, obsession almost had made its way into the church. And so when you look before, you see there's the, the gift of the Spirit. You see, uh, you see the, the context of the, the church gathering together. And in the Lord's Supper, we see that there's, a, there's an abuse going on in the context of worship community kind of pursuing uh, something that's unhealthy within the gathered body. Paul is writing to the gathered body. He then moves on to talk about the gifts being outworked in the body of Christ. And if you then continue to map on, you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you see the abuse of the gifts of the Spirit. And so Paul's going, listen, I don't want you to squash the gifts, but there is an order. And you can go and read this. I don't have time to go into it now, but there is, there is an order that needs to be worked out in how you manifest the gifts, because in the church there was disorder, there was obsession, there was posturing, there was prestige, there was jostling in the presentation of spiritual gifts. But there's also one other thing I want to pick up on in this whole context or cotext of where Paul is putting this passage. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we have this well known. Passage, a passage that's read often in weddings. It's a passage on love. Love is patient, love is kind. Paul says, within the context of the gathered worship setting, context of the Lord's Supper, the, the context of worship, in the context of spiritual gifts and the exercising of spiritual gifts, love must sit central. God gives gifts, and as I said, God gives gifts in his love for love. And these gifts are given and offered to everyone. Everyone gets the gifts. I mean, this is a little bit like Oprah, isn't it? You get a car and you get a car and you get a car. If anyone, anyone knows that episode where everybody in the, uh, in the audience gets a car. And we need to, we need to embrace that. And understand if you're sitting here today and you go, oh, this isn't for me today, you're wrong. God is good. He gives his gifts in love and he, in love and he gives it to everyone. This word uh, gift or this gift of grace, it's, a, it's the word charis. Charis is where we get the word charismatic from. And sometimes we hear the word charismatic and we go, oh, that's kind of, a, I'm, not one of the, I'm not sure I'm one of those. Well, actually, charismatic is just these, the gifts of the Spirit being outworked and they are gifts of grace. Charis, gift of grace, which means you can't earn it. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how capable you are. It's all about a gift of grace that only can be received, right? We, we, we can only receive a gift. We can't earn it. It's a gift of grace, charis, gift of grace, something to be received by grace. The invitation, the offer, 
the gift is for everyone. And the gift is supernatural. They are supernatural gifts. If God is the one who gives the gifts and he pours out his spirit, his Holy Spirit is is the one who gives gifts and works amongst us, then they are by nature supernatural. And I think we need to get hold of this for a moment because often we just move straight to skills and competencies and abilities. We think, oh, oh, spiritual gifts are, uh, are something that are done in our own strength, our own ability, and that's not true. We've just covered that. It's a gift of grace from God. Therefore, they're supernatural. You know, when we think about those in the Bible who had supernatural, who had supernatural gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, you know, we have a picture in our mind. Just think of Samson for a moment. You know, when I read the Bible, you know, the picture book Bible, when I was, when I was young, Samson was one of my favourites. It's always a favourite because here you have a guy with long, flowing hair. And, the, you know, the picture is he is ripped. He is huge. He is Mr. You know, Mr. Universe plus steroids plus, what you know, protein. He's been working out since he was three years old. He's got muscles in his eyelids. And often the picture is, is he's kind of with a lion and he's kind of like destroying a lion. Anyone ever remember any of those pictures in your childhood Bible? <laughs> oh, the best ones. It's like, yeah, come on. The thing is, is that Samson had strength, we read in the scripture, when the Spirit came upon him. I'm not sure Samson looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I wonder whether Samson was just a, a normal-looking guy like Tim, you know. Um, sorry, 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 Tim. And the Spirit of God came upon Samson... And it was the supernatural power of God in him that enabled him to do what he did, not because he'd been pumping iron since he was three years old. See, there's something about the gifts which is supernatural. And God gives them. I think of my own story, my own life. I grew up, and I know I've shared this story on a number of occasions, but it does speak to me about the gift and grace of God. I grew up, when I was four, in grade four, I remember being taught how to play piano. I had to go and see, go and, and learn from the, the pastor's wife, which is how I think many Christian kids learnt back in the olden days. Uh, you would learn piano from the pastor's wife. And I hated it. It was, per- it, was, it was torture. And I did it for three years, complaining the whole time I was useless. I didn't practice. I hated it. And the only reason I passed any of my music exams was because they felt sorry for me. I'm sure of it. I went through all of school not being able to sing on tune. I, I, I love coming to church and I love listening to music, but I could never hit the notes. And then something happened when I went in my first year of uni. I remember I started leading a, a, uh, in a youth group and they had no singing, no worship. And so I thought, well, I'm, I'm helping lead it. Let's give it a go. So I remember sitting over at bed and saying, God, I don't need to be a good musician. I just need to be able to play a few chords so we can sing some songs. 18 years old. And I remember just picking up my, old, my dad's old nylon, nylon string guitar, which I'm sure the head had snapped off at some point and been glued back on, and just tried to start playing. And something happened in me in those moments in that time. And, uh, and I didn't plan to sing. I just planned to play guitar, but I had to sing to kind of learn where I was with the chords, and something happened in me. 
very quickly, over a couple of years, I began leading worship. I remember four or five years later, writing my own songs, I remember leading worship in gatherings with hundreds of people, and something of the Spirit of God came. And it, and I, it was nothing to do with me. But God would just move in power in our worship. And I know that, that, that is, that's what God does. That's the beauty of it. All we can do is steward it, but it's the supernatural presence of God that comes upon us when we make ourselves available and he works in and through us. And when we engage in it, and Paul is really clear to say this, when we do this, when, this, when the supernatural power of God comes, when we receive his gifts, it will always point to Jesus. It will always bring glory to Jesus. When we operate in the spiritual gifts, we must proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And so our gifts are used. There's three points I want to make in this statement here, if we can get it. Our gifts are used to bless others and to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Our gifts are used to bless others and bring glory to Christ. Firstly, our gifts are to be used. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4, he says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Firstly, they're to be used. You know, if you receive a gift on Christmas or birthday or whatever day, you receive a gift and you go, thank you so much. And then you go and put it in the cupboard and you don't open it. I mean, is that of any use at all? Some of you may say yes, depending on who you've received it from. I'm not quite sure. You go, I'm going to re-gift that. Anyone, any any re-gifters in the room? Yeah, there's a few just people. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Thanks so much for that. That's going to my friend next week. Um, gifts are to be used or else they are useless. God gives us gifts and they are useless unless they are used. And when we use them, they have a two-pronged purpose. One, to bless others and secondly, to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Firstly, to bless others. And I want to make three points about blessing others. Firstly, Paul writes, he says that the gifts that God gives us are firstly for the common good. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given not for your own glory, not for your own preferences, not for your own comfort. They're for the common good. They're actually for others. You are gifted to give your gift away for the common good. For the common good of this community, the common good of our city, the common good of our world. Secondly, they are given for the building up and the maturing of believers, of others. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes another list. Now, this list is a little different because it can be seen as an office, but these intertwine, the office and the gifts of the Spirit. And he says this in Ephesians chapter five, 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We are given gifts in order that others may mature and grow. 
We're given gifts so that we may be built up. We're given gifts so that we actually may not just stay immature people not going in depth. We have people around us. You know this. You've had them. You've had people in your life, I'm sure. Those of you who have walked in faith over a period of time, whether it be you know, a spiritual uncle or auntie, whether it be someone in your youth group, whether it be someone in your life group, someone on team, someone who just championed you, someone that walked alongside you, someone had, the, had gifts that they exercised and used. We use them together to grow up. The gifts are used in order that we may be mature, that we may be built up. And thirdly, our gifts are, well, our gifts are to bless others for the common good, for the building up and maturing of, of believers, and thirdly, to grow in unity to actually grow in unity. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, so a few verses later on, Paul says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We're all part of a body, and we're all working together in unity. Now, we need to understand here that unity does not mean uniformity. You know, I think we live in a world right now that says, yes, we celebrate diversity. We live in a world that says, yes, we celebrate difference as long as you agree with our set of values. And so often we make the, we make the, the mistake, and we've done it here in the church. I'm not, I'm not poking at all because we have done this poorly in the church as well. Is that we make, we make a wrong distinction between Unity and uniformity. The, the, the beauty of the church should be that, that we are a church from different places, different cultures, different backgrounds, different family settings, but filled with the Spirit, filled with the one Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are enabled, we are filled with different gifts in order that we may bless one another, but in order that we may be unified. You don't get unity unless you have diversity. You don't get unity unless you've got a vast range of people all contributing and bringing to the center. See, when we operate truly in our gifts, we truly get unity. And this was the prayer of Jesus. In John, we read as he's with his disciples at the end, he says, I pray, I pray that you may be what? That you may be one. In order that the world may watch on and see that you are my disciples, that you are the body of Christ. Because here's the thing when we operate in love, when we love each other in the gifts of the Spirit, when we come together in all our diversity, bringing our strengths and our gifts together, we proclaim who Jesus is, we represent who Jesus is, and we bring glory to his name. That's the thing. When we operate, when we use our gifts, we bring glory to God. And so 1 Peter, if I go back to 1 Peter for a moment, chapter 4, he goes on to say this, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do, do, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. When we do things in the power of the Spirit, we bring glory to God. 
We bring glory to God. So what are these gifts? What are these gifts that God gives us? What are these different gifts? Well, we've already read them. We've read them from 1 Corinthians. We've read some from Ephesians. There's one more passage, and I realize we're doing lots of reading today, but we're getting our head around all these gifts. There's one more that I want to read. Romans chapter 12. When Paul is writing to the church in Rome, he says this, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. And the list could go on. There's a whole bunch of lists with a whole bunch of gifts. And I'm going to just map out some of them really quickly for you. Serving. If you have the gift of serving then you have the gift to bless others and enable others to do the things that God has called them to do. If it's the gift of administration, yes, there is the gift of administration. And it's a wonderful gift. And it's a gift to help others and to, and to move people towards a common vision and a common goal together. If you have the gift of help, then you can do practical tasks that help others, help the body see uh, that, that God cares about their needs. Showing and reflecting the heart of God to those in need. If you have the gift of prophecy, you can help others hear God's heart and voice for their lives and for the church. If you have the gift of teaching, you can help others recognize the destructive lies that so often we hear and believe and point them to the purposes of God as revealed in his word. If you have the gift of encouraging, then you can give others, I love this word encouraging, the gift of courage, in courage. We need encouragers, don't we? to encourage those who are walking through hard times in our community, to keep their eyes fixed on God and to encourage them and speak purpose into their lives. If you have the gift of giving, you can finance ministries that help others see the goodness, the grace of God, both locally and globally. I'm so thankful for this community. This community is a generous community. There are people who have the gift of generosity, the ability to... Give generously to see God's purposes at work. If you have the gift of leadership, you can inspire and equip teams of people to move forward and step into the vision that God has for us. If you have the gift of mercy, then you can help others see the extravagant kindness of God in their moment of need. If you have the gift of healing, You can see the power of God at work in bringing about his purposes, his healing work in our world today. If you have the gift of faith, I reckon this is one that we forget. To be able to encourage and stir and remind people who are walking through seasons of doubt and questioning in a supernatural way, speak to the heart and remind people of what God has done and what he is doing. The gift of miracles. You can actually see and pray. People have this, see the power of God at work, revealing his purposes, the kingdom of God breaking out in our world, in our community today. If you have the gift of evangelism, you can share the truth of the gospel with others and help them know eternal salvation. Do you have the gift of 
evangelism. My dad has the gift of evangelism. It's incredible. Like he, he just, he has this amazing ability to connect with people and connect them to Jesus. Like he was sharing with me a few years ago how someone from Western Australia called, it, called him up trying to sell him something. He says, you, you're trying to sell me something. I've got something better to give you. I led the person to Jesus. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a gift. Can't help himself. I tell you, we need to stir up that gift. We need to stir up that gift in our church, in our community today. We need the gift of evangelism. You know, all these gifts, come on, you can see it behind me now. All these gifts, as they come together, as they work together, as they knit together, they form, they come to bring glory to Jesus Christ. To reflect his body, to reflect his goodness, to reflect his grace, to reflect his purposes. All our different gifts combined together come to bring glory to Jesus. Now, we want to help you with that because everyone, I've said this, every one of you has gifts. You've all, you've all got a part to play in reflecting the glory of Jesus. And so we've worked, we've worked as a church over this, over this past season to make it as easy as, as, it, as we can for you. So, come on, this is your moment. You would have seen these. You would have grabbed this. Here's your card. I just want you to grab this for a moment. It will be on the seats behind you. You might want to look. If you don't have one, just look at the, to the person next to you. We want to help you understand the gifts that God has on your life. Firstly, you need to discover your gifts. And so what we've done is we've got a test. So after I've finished the message, not during the message, you can scan this QR code. And listen, we've we've all done this test as a staff, and it's pretty accurate. But it's not perfect because none of these tests are. But it's a great way, it's a little system, a little way of just going, oh, I want to discover what are the gifts, what are the, the gifts that God has placed on my life. Let me encourage you too, maybe you just need to talk to your life group or talk to those around you, talk to your friends and go, hey, this, this is the result I got, is that right? Do you reckon there's some others that I need to, I need to explore? Discover your gifts. And then what we've done is we've actually created a, a podcast to understand more, grow in your gifts. And so we've done a podcast with a whole bunch, all of those gifts. And they're available uh, online and you can check that. I think it goes to the same page. And there's a link to the podcast. And so there's an intro podcast and then there's 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes on each of the gifts. Go and have a listen to them. And you drive into work or when you're out on a run or at the gym or whatever it is and have a listen Learn how you can step in and grow in the gifts that God has given you and then finally flourish, flourish in your gifts. As I've said, the gifts are no good unless they're used. And there are ways in which you can use them here in this community. And so I'd love for you to to find ways in which you can explore the gifts. And, and, And there's a whole bunch of ways in which we'd love to help you do that. Come and speak to me. Send, fill in a connect card. Speak to your life group leader. Go and find somebody who, who is a leader on a team or on a team if it's a team that you think you can identify with. Whatever, or if you don't know, you've got questions, just come and talk to me. But gifts are only good if they are used and God gives his gifts. 
in order to bless you, to bless others, and to glorify God. So what stops us? What's the final message? How do we step into this? Well, we need to stop comparing and we need to start celebrating. We need to stop comparing and we need to start celebrating. You know, so often I find, and I've done this in my life, as I look at others and go, man, they are so gifted. Like we have like only three or four spiritual gifts in our mind and uh, most of them are on stage. You know, kind of like, and you look, wow, you know, that's, that's, that, they've got gifts, I don't have any gifts. Or the gift that I've got, it's not very good. It's like a, it's a, it's a C-grade gift that the Lord has given me. <laughs> and I'm not happy. I want to re-gift that gift and give it to somebody else. I wonder if you've ever had that moment. I've certainly had that moment at Christmas time. You've opened up a gift. It's a remote control car or some other kind of piece of technology. I remember as a kid, probably done it with our kids too, to be honest. Yes, remote control car. You rip it open, you open up the box. Come on, you know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the day? I'm going to be playing with my remote control car. Do you miss those few little words at the bottom of the box? You know what those words are? Batteries not included. That toy is useless unless it has batteries. You know, so often we go, oh, if only I was the remote control car. If only I was the batteries. But the reality is is that remote control car, that gift is useless unless it has batteries. We need to understand that every gift is vital for the flourishing of a community and for the glorifying of God. We need to stop comparing. Stop looking at others. And the way that we stop comparing is, is by celebrating. Firstly, celebrating what God has given you, his gift of grace by celebrating the fact that God has been so good, by celebrating the fact, and the way that you celebrate it is by doing it to the best of your ability, by just getting involved. Yes, God, you've given me the gift of administration. Come on. So can I just say, just a side note, administration is a leadership gift. It's not Excel spreadsheets. Although Excel spreadsheets are amazing. And I, I don't even have the gift of administration. But I love pivot tables. What they do, amazing. There are a few people there with the gift of administration right now just going, yes, that's so true. It's my time to shine. It's actually not that. It's, it, administration is about organising people efficiently and effectively to get a task done. Just wanted to say that for all those people who've got the gift of administration. We need you. We need you. We need to celebrate the gifts. Embrace it by using it. Embrace it by using it. Embrace it by passing it on to others. That's how you celebrate God. That's how you celebrate the gifts in you. So what stops us from celebrating? What stops us from stepping into the gifts? Four things. I really want to, and I'm coming to the end here. Four things that stop us from using the gifts. Firstly, we're uninformed. Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed about the spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be uninformed. 
You know, some of us are uninformed. We actually have got gifts and we didn't even know we've got them. Like you're going to find out as you do this journey, as you discover, wow, I didn't know that that was a spiritual gift. And cool, I get, we're uninformed, we're naive, we actually don't know they exist. You know, there are people, I was talking to uh, my wife about someone who will go unnamed, who had a computer and was using a computer and didn't even know that there was a cut and paste function. I mean, can you imagine using a computer without a cut and paste function? And that's the best, and undo. Can you imagine not knowing if you had the undo function on a computer? There are people out there, and I reckon there are people who have phones right now who don't even know half the things that you can do on these things. Thank you, Rob. I see that hand. See another hand there. That's right. We're going to be ministry afterwards. You know, there's a whole bunch of you uninformed people right now. We go about, we don't even know what we have access to. Some of us are uninformed. Secondly, some of us are unconfident. I know that's not a word, but just go with me. You know, we, we, we think that actually gifts are based on merit and holiness and spiritual maturity. So you go, oh, no, no, I can't use that. I, I, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not whole. I haven't been a Christian for 10 years because at 10 years, everything changes or whatever it is. And so we're not confident. You know what confidence comes? It comes with practice. It comes with doing it comes with stepping out of that comfort zone. You feel like you've got a word on your heart. You feel like you've got this gift of knowledge, speaking words of knowledge or wisdom. You actually just got to step out and do it. You actually got to use it. It's no good if you don't open your mouth. Confidence comes with practice. You're unconfident. Thirdly, you're unmotivated. Can my gift really make a difference in this world? It's kind of like, ah, uh, this is not a good posture. It's a posture that says, it doesn't really matter. I don't matter. The gift that I have, somebody else can do it. You know, oh, oh, you know I see, you know, you moved in some way. Oh, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're a big church now. You know, I'm just someone small. I don't really have a role to play. I'll just let somebody else do it. You're unmotivated. You're demotivated. And you're neglecting the gift that God has for you and others and the Lord Jesus Christ is missing out. And thirdly, you're unfaithful. You've had the gift. You've used the gift. You've seen God use you to minister to others. But somewhere along the line, you got hurt, you got discouraged, you got tired, and you're just not doing it anymore. And you've become unfaithful to the gift that you know that God has placed on your life. There are reasons why we don't allow the Spirit of God to move and work in us. And so our posture is, and we see this in, in this passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we acknowledge it's the Spirit of God who distributes. God gives the gifts. He gives the gifts to us. He determines the gifts for us. But here's the thing. We can both desire the gifts, and this is where I'm landing, we can desire the gifts and we can impart the gifts. We can desire the gifts, and we can impart the gifts. Firstly, we can desire. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I wish that you would desire the gifts as I desire them. Do you desire to be filled with the Spirit? Do you desire to walk in the gifts of the Spirit? Paul says, I wish you were. 
Now, there is something about our desire that is powerful. And I actually reckon that this morning, God is going to grow our desire. He's going to meet your needs, your hopes, your longings. I remember when, uh, again, just for a quick personal story, I remember when I was the age of 16 or 17, again, I don't know what things happened, sitting on the edge of my bed doing my Bible reading and I was reading through this passage and I was reading the part with the tongues, the, the, the gift of the tongues, and I know gifts of the tongues historically have been, you know, created a whole bunch of fear. But it's there. And I remember as a, as a teenager saying, there's a gift and Paul says, you ask for it, desire it. So I remember sitting on my bed as I had my Bible and I said, God, I'm just going to ask for the gift of tongues. And so I prayed and then I opened my mouth and I began to pray in another language. I don't understand how it all works. I don't understand how tongues, uh, you know, the whole mechanics of that. And I'm here to say that not everybody will get the gift of tongues. We're not that kind of church. But it is a good gift, and it has blessed me. As I've engaged in God, when I've cried out and grown regularly in worship here at church, I'll just move into crying out in tongues because there are things in my heart that I just can't give rise to, to words to. It's embedded in Scripture. The thing is, is that there was a desire in my heart to ask for that gift. Now, for you this morning, that might be tongues. Or it might be prophecy, or it might be serving or helps, or it might, I don't know what it is. But often our desire is connected to our passions. Maybe you've already, you see things in the church, or maybe there's a frustration in the church, or there are things that you just go, oh, if only we could do that, it may point to the desire that God wants to gift you in if he hasn't already. He wants to gift you. What are your passions? What's your ache? What's your desire? What's your longing? Because I bet that God's placed it in your heart. Desire. We can desire the gifts. And secondly, we can impart the gifts. I shared this story a few, few weeks ago. As Paul writes to Timothy, his young charge, he, he, he says, Timothy, I want to encourage you. Here he is. Timothy is serving in now a multi-site church in Ephesus. And he's serving and he's had, a, I mean, he's got heretics everywhere. There are people trying to take him down and he's discouraged. And Paul writes to him and encourages him. And what does he do? He reminds him of a moment of impartation. In 2 Timothy, Paul Paul writes in his letter, he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What Paul's saying is there was a moment when you you received the power of the Holy Spirit. The gift came upon you and it came when we prayed for you, when I prayed for you and I laid my hands on you. This is the gift of the body of Christ again, is that we can pray for one another. We can pray that one another will be filled with the gift of the Spirit, filled with the gifts of the Spirit, to be enabled and empowered to go and do the things that God has called us to do. He's gifted us in desire and impartation. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to pray for one another and pray that as we step more fully into the gifts, as we celebrate the gifts in one another, ultimately we will grow We will be blessed and God will be glorified in our city, 
in our nation and right around the world. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.